teaching. So that's good. I want to pick back up on, though, what I taught two weeks ago, which was dealing with spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts. So I want to deal with that one more time and hopefully, by the help of the Lord, complete that session out dealing with the nine spiritual gifts. And of course, we're in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. Is that uh, where we are? And I, I want to revisit the ones just briefly that we already covered. Uh, we know that the Bible talks about the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the gift of faith, gift of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, tongues, and interpretation of those tongues. And the scripture starts out by speaking of the word of wisdom. And I stated last Wednesday, excuse me, two Wednesdays ago, that I believe that the word of wisdom is the most important gift. I believe without the word of wisdom, if you cannot operate in wisdom, then you will misuse all the other gifts. And so I truly stand by that word by saying that wisdom is important. That when we are asking to be used of the Lord, we must ask, Lord, give me wisdom. So it must go hand in hand. We cannot be asking the Lord to be used in certain areas of our life or be used in this category of our life without asking the Lord to give me wisdom. Because we must know what to do and how to do it. You can have the right word, but if it's not said the right way at the right time, that right word does not matter. And so it's important. Uh, that we ask the Lord for the word of wisdom. And I gave the example of saying that if you say something that you believe is from the Lord and then the next words out of your mouth is, I didn't mean to say it that way or I meant it this way, then you were not operating in the word of wisdom. Because when you operate with the word of wisdom, when you're speaking in the Holy Ghost, it will come out the correct way every single time without mistake. So the word of wisdom is important and we know the word of knowledge goes along with the word of wisdom uh, as God gives you knowledge about something that uh, no one else would know except for the Lord. God can give you that knowledge, but it's important once he gives you that knowledge to operate in wisdom, to speak it if it's for you to be said. Because I give you another example. God can give you knowledge, but yet it may not be for you to say it may be for someone else to say it because maybe it may be received better by someone else. Whatever the case may be, but God will give you wisdom on how to deliver the word to the right person at the right time. So we went through and we talked about faith, how we ought to operate in faith. It's important for each one of us to operate in faith, not only for others, but also for ourselves. It's important to operate in faith for ourselves because it's amazing how we can build up other people's faith. But when it comes to us, we lack that ability to build ourselves up. Even David had to encourage himself. He had to build up his faith. That's why oftentimes I would begin to say from this platform, let's pray in the Holy Ghost. All right. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. But the scripture says that we are to build up our most holy faith, praying in the the Holy Ghost. And so uh, faith is important. It's important to operate in that faith. Uh, so when you are feeling faith uh, moving, whether it be in the church, outside the church, no matter, 
You ought to move by faith knowing that it's God that does the work. We must remember, don't be hesitant to move by faith because it is not you and I that brings deliverance. It's not you and I that brings the healing. It's not you and I that brings the miracle. It is Lord Jesus Christ. It is the Lord God Almighty that brings the result. Amen. Uh, but Jesus responds to faith. He responds to faith. So we operate by faith, but it's him that does the work. So that is so important. We dealt with that. And we also hit on the gift of healing. We talked about the difference between healing and miracles, that healing is a process. Miracles are instant. It's something that has happens right away. But if God decides to heal your body, healing is a process or heal your mind or heal your heart, heal whatever situation or condition you have. It's a process. And oftentimes, more than not in our life, we need the healing process to take place in our life. Because if we only received miracles, our faith would not be where it is. Even our life's testimony would not be where it is if we only receive miracles. Matter of fact, I believe many of us would only treat Jesus Christ as a genie in a bottle. I'll just come and get my miracle. And we've seen people do that. We've seen people come into this church, receive miracle after miracle, yet not walk back into the church wanting a relationship with him. But oftentimes healing draws you closer to Jesus because it keeps you hungry. It keeps you thirsty. It keeps you on your knees. It keeps you fasting. Amen. Because you're still anticipating or wanting that healing. And so healing is good. Amen. Healing is good. Healing is a good thing. I know we say miracles, signs, and wonders, but healing is a good thing. Uh, I thank the Lord for my healings. I thank the Lord for the process uh, because I can look back over the process and see where God was strategically in each move. I can look back over my life and see uh, the memorials that I've built through the process. When my faith was dwindling and something got a hold of my heart and it caused me to elevate in my faith. And I can look back on that because the next things that I go through, I can use those memorials as stepping stones to keep me in the right direction. So healings, miracles, we know that they are instant. And a lot of times and oftentimes God will use miracles to spark great revivals. He would use miracles throughout the book of Acts, as you know, to spark great revivals. And so with that being said, now we can move on to 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 10, where it says, to another prophecy. That is the next gift of the Spirit. Uh, indulge me for, for five minutes before we go there. I, I apologize, this is not in uh, my notes here, but if you could please, Sister Dominique, pull up quickly Acts chapter number 18, starting at verse number one. Remember, Paul here is the writer to the Corinthians, and he's writing to the church. Oftentimes, I've heard people say that they take Paul's writings, and Paul does not talk much about, as they say, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. He talks a lot about grace. And so they take 
Paul's writing of grace, and Paul is the one that mentions the dispensation of grace. And they take Paul's writing and they try to twist the word of God because they lack understanding. And they try to use these words against those that believe in being born of the water and of the spirit. It's always important to understand when you're reading who's writing the scripture. It's always important who's writing, maybe even when they're writing, who is he writing to, and why is he writing this? Paul is the one that's writing to the Corinthian church. And this church was started by Paul. The Corinthian church was started by Paul. Ephesus, the church in Ephesus was started by Paul. And that is proven here in Acts chapter number 18. So if we go here to Acts chapter number 18, as you can see here in verse number one, and I, I want to dive into this because this is important teaching to understand how Corinthians even came about. And so that when Paul is writing these letters, we are to understand that these are people that he has already talked to and taught that they must repent, be baptized, and fill with God's spirit. So then as we dive into the other gifts of the spirit that talks about the gift of tongues and the gift of the interpretation of tongues, you don't get confused by people that say, well, only tongues is used if there's understanding or someone can interpret those tongues. Paul is speaking to a church that has already been filled with God's spirit, and now he's given them instruction on how to operate with the gift that is within them. But it all starts here in Acts chapter number 18, starting at verse number 1. It says, after these things, Paul departed from Athens and came where? To Corinth. Verse number 9. Please drop down to verse number 9, please. The Bible then says, then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision, and he told him, be not afraid, but speak and hold not thy peace. So now we see where the Lord is empowering Paul, speak the word. Speak the word. I know you're threatening you. I know they're trying to criticize you, trying to kick you out of here, but speak the word. So then verse number 10 says, for I am with thee and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee. For I have much people in this city. And then the Bible says in verse number 11, and he continued there a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. For he, excuse me, drop down to verse number 28. Verse number 28. The Bible says, for he mightily, what did he do? Convinced the Jews. And that publicly showing by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. So now we understand and know that Paul was the one that influenced the people here in Corinth. And once Paul had spent the time there in Corinth giving them understanding, giving them instruction, then let's go to chapter number 19, all right? Acts chapter number 19, starting at verse number 1. Now you can take Acts 18 and also Acts 19, and then you can put them all together. Acts chapter number 19, starting at verse number 1, and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, because now Paul has left because he's got other cities and areas to go preach the gospel to. But he left one of his disciples, if you will. He left Apollos, one of the ones that was learning up under him, at Corinth to continue on the work that he started in Corinth. So he left Apollos there. And the scripture says, Paul having passed through the upper coast, now he's where? 
in Ephesus. So now we can understand why or where the book of Ephesians comes from because now he's in Ephesus getting ready to start another work in Ephesus. So now he comes to Ephesus and finding certain disciples there. Continue on verse number two. Just follow me here. He said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? So you better believe if Paul was preaching in Ephesus that if you believe you ought to have the Holy Ghost, then you ought to know when he was in Corinth, he was also preaching the exact same thing. That if you call yourself a believer, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Amen. So then the scripture goes on to say in verse number three, it says, and he said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. Because in verse number two, I didn't read the whole thing. They just said, hey, we've never heard of the Holy Ghost. What, what, what is this? We, we haven't heard of this Holy Ghost. They said, well, then how was you baptized? They said, well, remember John the Baptist? He baptized us. So verse number four, the Bible says, then Paul then said Paul, John really baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that you should believe on him which should come after him, that is on, look at this, Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them. How do they know? Because they spake with tongues and prophesied. Somebody say amen. So we see here how the scriptures all line up. Acts chapter number 18 and 19, it all goes together. Because Paul is in different places preaching and teaching the exact same thing. So when people try to expound on the word without revelation, not having understanding, taking the book of Corinthians, especially this chapter that we're diving in, chapter number 12, without understanding of who's writing, that he's writing to a church that he's already preached the gospel to, that already have understanding of the infilling of God's spirit. Now he's giving them instruction and direction on how to operate in the spirit because the Holy Ghost is not there just for the tongues. Tongues is just the initial sign. That's just for you to know that's the Holy Ghost. Uh-huh. Because tongues is not for the believer, but for the unbeliever. That's what the Bible says. So the tongues is proof to people that is from God. That is a gift from God. But now that you have the gift of God, it's there for a reason. It's there in operation. Those of you that have received the Holy Ghost here recently, you ought to know because there's some things that you used to step into, do, and now God's convicting you. God's working on your heart. People you used to be around, people you used to hang around, ways you used to talk, even some of us that's been around for a while. Things that we still got to break loose of, it's the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost is what leads us and guides us and what instructs us. Amen? That's right. That's right. And that is why the Holy Ghost is so important because it helps us in every way of our life. So if we only teach and stop at tongues, we've done ourselves and the people an injustice. Because now that you've been endured with power, now it's time to learn how to operate in that power. What good is it to possess power and you don't know how to use it? That's right. 
What good is it to write a million dollar check and give it to my daughter Carrington? She's two years old. She would have no idea. Now, Sister Robinson would gladly take that check from her hand and know exactly what to do with it. I may, I may get the tithe off of it. So now we understand here in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, let's get back here. It says he gave gifts, and these gifts we must learn how to operate with them because each one of us, God gives liberty, liberally to us. So the scripture lets us know to another prophecy. Prophecy is the ability to foretell events. Also known as prophets were also known as seers in the Old Testament. God can use prophecy to build faith, bring peace and comfort. This church has heard me repeatedly teach to praise the name of the Lord because you have heard me say that your praise is prophetic. When we begin to sing songs that say victory is mine, victory is mine, victory today is mine, that is prophetic. Because you may come into the church not feeling like you have victory. But when you sing the song that victory is mine, victory is mine, victory today is mine, you are prophetically telling yourself that I'm walking out of here with victory. That's why we sing songs. Weapons we use are not bombs and guns. But worship is the way that the battle is won. It says this is the way that we fight. We praise him for the victory. We may not have the victory yet, but I'm going to go ahead and lift him up and magnify him for the victory. That's why it's important to praise him. That's why it's important to magnify him. When you don't feel like praising, you praise him. When you don't feel like clapping, you clap. When you don't feel like lifting your hands, you lift. When you don't feel like stumping your foot, you stomp. When you don't feel like shouting hallelujah, you shout. Why? Because it's prophetic. You're not doing it based on how you feel. You're doing it based on who you know. And if I came in here one way, I believe I'm going to walk out of here another way. The word of prophecy is a sure word to hold on to. We know that God's word is a sure foundation, and his word shall come to pass. God took Joseph from the prison to the palace in one night. You cannot tell me what the Lord cannot do. The Bible goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 12, verse number 10, we're still in the same book, chapter, and verse. Then he says to another discerning of spirits, discerning of spirits. Something briefly here, this is important to know that it says the discerning of spirits. This is all lowercase and plural. So this lets us know and it confirms to us that he's not talking about the spirit. All right? He's not talking about the spirit. The one God, the father of all, who's above all, through all, and in you all. But it's talking about other spirits that we should discern that does not coincide with the spirit. The gift of discerning of spirits is very vital for the church. To discern the spirit is the ability to tell truth from error. When you sense something or someone walking into the church, this is important to take note on. When anyone here senses something or someone that walks into this church and is not sitting well in your spirit, the first thing you should do 
is pray. Before you go tell sister so-and-so, before you go talk to your brother, before you go nudging your husband, the first thing you should do is pray. Because if God has given you the discernment that something's not right, then it's for a reason. Because he's expecting you to start praying. And when you pray, pray for your pastor. Because oftentimes when the spirit, uh, some type of spirit is walking into this church, it's to cause disruption. It's to cause disruption in the service or some type of attack that's trying to attack the man of God. He's trying to come after the man of God. Because if he can attack the man of God, if he can get me off, if he can get me off a little bit or sideways, there's some things in some places my wife and I have been, and I could tell immediately that this was a spirit from hell. And I'm, I'm talking as soon as I walk into church, something just hits me. A person comes up to me, tries to distract me, gets me talking about things that I shouldn't even have my mind on. And I know this is an attack from hell. This is an attack from Satan. That's what this is. So when you feel things in your spirit and something's not right, or you sit someone walking in here, do y'all hear me, church? Because I, I, I need your help. When we sense things and pick up on things, people walking in and certain people coming into this church because they're coming. Good, bad, and ugly. They're coming. <laughs> now, I'm not talking about looks. I'm talking about their spirit. I let y'all decide the looks. I'll just stick with the spirit. Good, bad, and ugly, they're coming. We've seen it in this church already. Oh, I wish I could dig deep on this. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to have another altar call session here coming up soon because, you know, I, it's, it's important. We, we got to be on a watch. We got to be on the lookout. We, we've had people come into this church and just randomly out of nowhere and all of a sudden they just want to lay hands on people, put their hand on people's forehead. The devil is alive. Oh, uh-uh. We're not allowing that. We don't know, we don't know you. Who, who are you? Where you come from? And you shouldn't allow anybody just to lay hands on you. I wish I could talk to y'all in here today. Let's let folks just lay hands on you. Okay? Now, if you're here at the altar, someone is on your shoulder, your back or something, that's, that's, that's a different thing. That's support. I'm talking about somebody just coming up, laying hands on you, speaking into your spirit and you don't know who they are, where they come from, you can say, thank you. I'm going to go talk to my pastor so he can rebuke whatever you try to transfer into me and speak into my life what needs to be spoken into my life. Amen. That's right. <laughs> Just <laughs> what, what's, that, what's that game when you uh, limbo, when you got to go underneath the... <laughs> How low can you go? You hey, hey. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Church, we're having fun, but this is serious now, okay? It's serious. It's serious. Don't just, don't just let anybody just lay hands on you. Okay? And if you sense things, pray. You don't, you don't go talking to, uh-uh. That, that's not going to help anything. Because God gave it to you for a reason. So pray. 
Say, Lord, whatever this is, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that it will not be a hindrance. God, I pray for my man of God. Help him right now. Because if that spirit try to come in here after my pastor, after his family, I bind that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Speak against that. God's dealing with you. It's important. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, verse number 1, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. The world tried there in the Greek means to test or to examine. The Bible goes on to say in Matthew chapter 24, verse number 11, it says, And many false prophets shall rise. And shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. I know many of you listen to a lot of preaching on YouTube. Some of you may listen to preachers on television. I don't discourage you from doing those things, but I do caution you. Because just remember that there's a spirit behind every voice. There's a spirit behind every voice. There's an agenda spirit behind every voice. So I caution you who you listen to on YouTube and who you pay attention to on the television. I caution you on that. Because every voice is not a voice from God. I don't care if they call themselves a prophet. I don't care what title they put in front of their name. Matter of fact, if they put their own title in front of their name, I don't want to listen to them anyway. Amen. I don't walk around introducing myself. Yeah, I'm Pastor Eddie Robinson. I'm Eddie Robinson. I pastor this church. I don't walk around saying, yeah, I'm, I'm prophet this. I'm this and that. I don't need to. It's a gifting. It's a calling. I just operate in my gift. I operate in my calling. I walk in my anointing. We walk in our anointing. Oftentimes, people give themselves titles because they lack anointing. Mm -hmm. Yep. But if you know who you are and you're gifted of God, then you have an anointing on your life. You don't have to call yourself anything. People will call you anointed. People will call you gifted. People will call you the prophet. Amen. People will say, that's my man of God. I don't have to walk around saying, I'm a man of God. My actions will display. Excuse me. Amen. The gift of discerning of spirits will prevent that deception. So it's important that you don't be deceived by people on YouTube, television, other places. But when you have the gift of discernment, it will give you the knowledge, the understanding, the wisdom to say there's something wrong. Maybe I shouldn't listen to this preacher anymore. And if you have a difficult time, well, I have plenty of material out there. All my messages are on YouTube. You can find me on social media, podcasts. You can continue to listen all day long. Amen? All right. I hope, I hope Sundays and Wednesdays ain't the only time you can suffer me a little bit. After the discerning of spirits, the Bible talks about to another diverse kinds of tongues. 
to another the interpretation of tongues. The gift of tongues can operate separately from the gift of interpretation of tongues. Diverse just simply means many or different. So when it says to another diverse kinds, it's talking about different kinds, many kinds of tongues. The gift of tongues can operate separately from the interpretation of those tongues. This is when you and I are in prayer and we are praying in the spirit. So the gifting of diverse kinds of tongues and the interpretation of the tongues does not have to operate at the same time. Matter of fact, I'm going to show you in scripture where you can have one of the gifts but not the other. But it's important for you and I, these are Eddie Robinson thoughts, I'm going to plug in Eddie Robinson thoughts here, for all of us who operate in the gift of tongues. Amen? This is Bible now. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse number 4. It says, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. So that's why I say it's important to speak in tongues to edify yourself. That's right. It's edification for yourself. So when I begin to push, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray until you speak in tongues. This is the gifting that I'm talking about. When you begin to speak and you begin to edify yourself. Hallelujah. Has anybody here been in prayer? Does anyone here have a prayer life such to where you begin to pray and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost just begins to hit you and you just begin to pray in a heavenly language unto the Lord? And I mean, it's just coming out uncontrollably. I mean, the Lord has just consumed you and you're just praying in the Holy Ghost. You don't know what you're saying, but God is interceding on your behalf and you're just speaking to the Lord and you're edifying yourself. Well, you get up from that prayer meeting feeling so great, your faith is so full. It's better than a thousand words said in English. Because the scripture says, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. That's right. Jude chapter 1 verse number 20 says, but ye, beloved, what I stated early, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. How? Praying in the Holy Ghost. It is important to have a routine of praying in the Holy Ghost. It's important to have a routine praying in the Holy Ghost. If you don't have that, ask the Lord to help you. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord, that I may build up my most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. So then the scripture goes on to say in that same chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter number 14, giving us even more understanding. It says, wherefore let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. 
But if, continue, uh, excuse me, go down to verse number 28. Sorry about that. Yes, thank you. But if there be no interpreter, look what it says. Then be quiet then. <laughs> Just be quiet. And let him speak to what? Himself. Unto God. So if there be no interpreter, just edify yourself. It's no it's, it's, there's no point to speak out in the church thinking that you're operating in the spirit of the gift of tongue and there's no one there to interpret what you said because it edifies no one. Because no one understands. So he says, just keep silent. Well, how do you know if there's no interpreter? Well, if the Lord moves on you to do it, if the Lord moves on you to do it, the Lord has provided an interpreter. Well, I'm not sure if it was the Lord or me. Okay. If there's no interpretation, keep silence then next time. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But if the Lord is in it, the Lord will provide the interpretation. Because the Lord is not the author of confusion. Amen. So it is important for us to understand that building up our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, is something that should be expected out of each believer in here. Each believer in here. When we are praying, we need to have a level of prayer to where God just takes a hold of our heart, takes a hold of our mind, and he just takes us. And we're building up our faith, our most holy faith, praying in the spirit. God will begin to deal with many of you praying in the Holy Ghost as the Lord begins to speak to you and you begin to speak to him and your faith will continue to increase. And the scripture lets us know in verse number 40 of that same chapter 14, it says, let all things be done. How? Decently and in order. I love when there is a tongues and interpretation of tongues. Isn't it isn't amazing how there's like a holy silence that comes over the church. I tell you, I've been in this thing for a while and it still amazes me. It amazes me. It amazes me. I don't care how young the baby is. I don't care what's going on. They can be starving. And God would just shut everybody's mouth. It'd just be a holy silence that comes over the church. And then the Lord would just begin to operate. Speak to his people. Give us words of confirmation. Give us prophetic words of where we are, where we should be going. I love when the Lord interrupts protocol. And the gifting of the spirit, the gifts of the spirit, these spiritual gifts that I'm teaching of, they are great interrupting protocol because that's what Jesus does. He steps in at any moment when we allow him to. No matter if we're operating in knowledge and prophecy, healing, miracles, tongues, interpretation of tongues. When there's wisdom being applied, God always moves and receives the glory and we leave here better than what we walked in here. Church, the wonderful thing about all these gifts that we have learned over the last few weeks is the very thing that I want to continue to reiterate 
And that is without wisdom, all the other gifts of the spirit can be misused. Church, it's important for you and I to ask the Lord for wisdom. Lord, give me wisdom. From the message that was preached Sunday night, I believe God is dealing with hearts and people that want to elevate in their walk with God, being used of him even in a greater dimension, maybe even being used of the Lord how you once was used in the Lord. But I'm telling you, if there's a hunger in you, there needs to be a desire also to have wisdom. Lord, give me wisdom because wisdom can be operated and should be operated no matter where you are. We need wisdom in the church. We need wisdom at home. We need wisdom right now in this world. Oh, yes. The sensitivity in this world. We need wisdom. You can say certain things that we used to be able to say. You can't say it now because people get hurt. They get offended. They call you racist. Man, I just called your dog black. Isn't your dog black? It's brown, you racist. I'm, I'm serious. Yeah, I mean, it's any little thing. We, we got to know what to say, what to do. We need the gift of wisdom. We need the word of knowledge. We need to operate in these things. I'm telling you, these gifts, none of them are, are higher than the other. They are all important. Some of us try to chase after the other gifts that bring us popularity and notoriety. I'm telling you, that's the wrong attitude anyway. I don't want nobody used like that in this church anyway. But be used where God can use you in. We need wisdom. We need people of God that can operate by faith. Know what to do, when to do it. And not be afraid to speak up the word of the Lord. I'm telling you. That's why it's important to stick to the word. When people challenge me, when people challenge you on things that are happening in our world, go back to that word. Just go back to the word. Every answer to every issue of life is right here in this word. I'm telling you, you can find every answer right here. It's in the word. So when people challenge you, go back to the word. If you don't know it, don't feel like you have to give them an answer. Hold on a minute. Give me a moment. Hey, Pastor, where's that scripture at? at uh... <laughs> Where, where's it at? Amen. Ephesians 3? Hey, okay. Let's go to Ephesians chapter number 3. <laughs> Praise God. I'd rather you do that than just give your opinion on something that they're just going to come right back at. And now you've caused friction. Praise God. We've got to know what to do, how to do it, do it the right way. Church, you're going to hear me talk about this a little bit more on Sunday. God's placed something strong in my heart. But I'm telling you, church, we will set the example. That is not a demand. That is a prophetic statement. We will set the example. We will set the example. When people don't know how to coexist and, and, and come together, we'll set the example. When people don't know how to come together, black, white, all different age cultures, we'll set the example. When people don't know how to treat people, people don't know how to talk to one another, we'll set the example. When people don't know how to love people beyond their faults because we know God looked beyond our faults and saw our needs, we'll set the example. Hallelujah. 
when conflicts arise and certain things happen, we'll still set the example because we'll know how to handle it. Why? Based on the word. It's all right here in the word. We know exactly what to do based on the instructions that God has already given. We don't have to come up with a new plan. We don't have to come up with a new system. God's already given it to the church. He already gave it to us. Just stick to the word. Just stick to the word. Let's lift our hands unto the Lord. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for the spirit that we feel. Thank you, O oh God, for what you're doing in this place. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the gift of faith rising right now. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, I thank you, Lord, right now. Touch every man, woman, boy, and girl. Move upon your people right now. Touch every heart. Strengthen every mind. Give us wisdom, oh God. Pour out wisdom, Lord, from the front to the back row. Give them knowledge, oh God. Wisdom is the principal thing in all that getting, get understanding. In the name of Jesus Christ, use your people, Lord. Use your people. Use them, Lord. Elevate their hearts and their minds. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Ah, glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. I feel good in my spirit. I feel good in my spirit. I tell you, I feel good in my spirit. <laughs> I feel good. Amen. 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 God's good. Thank the Lord for lessons like this that has been taught in this church for generations. These are things that Brother Parnell taught, no doubt Reed taught, Carson taught. These are good. But it's good to be reminded. It's good to be encouraged. There's some here that's never heard it before. So you have to continue to teach it. You have to. I, I, I definitely have to. I'm held accountable to this. And there's, there's just too much happening, where there's too much access to everything, right? You can go on, on, like I said, YouTube and social media, you can listen to this, 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 then you hear from this preacher, this, and you can get so confused. So it's important to hear from your pastor right here from this church. This is how the gift of the Spirit works. This is how these things are in operation. This is what the Lord wants to do through you and with you. Amen. And yes, you operate in these things when you have the gift of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> That's right. That doesn't mean you don't have faith without the Holy Ghost because God has given every man a measure of faith. But you don't operate in the gift of faith without the gifting. Praise God. You must have the gifting in order to operate in the gift. All right? That's right. So be careful, church. Be careful who you're listening to. Be, be, be careful who you so-called follow. Just be careful. I'm, I'm trying to help somebody. I, I just want to warn. Just be careful. Be, be careful what you put in your ears and, and what you're taking in as doctrine. Be careful. All right? Let's stand to our feet. Lord, I thank you one more time.
I thank you, O oh God. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing right now. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your concern. Thank you, Lord, for your word that we've received today. Lord, I feel your power in this house. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, speak to your people. Use them, O oh Lord. Use them, God. Help them, Jesus, to operate in every spiritual gift that you have gifted them with. Help us, O oh God, right now to walk by faith, trusting and believing in you. Hallelujah. Old Thomas, you've seen me, but blessed are they that have not seen, but yet they still believe. Oh, I thank you, O oh God, for the faith that you have given unto us. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. May God bless you today. It's so good to see all of you. Look forward to seeing you this Sunday in Jesus' name.